My name's William Marler. I'm 23 years old, I'm an animator, I do stand-up comedy, and I have cystic fibrosis. In this podcast, I'll be helping share real stories from real people affected by CF. Hi, I'm Rue. Hi, my name is Pearl. Hi, my name is Charles Michael Duke. I have cystic fibrosis. And I'm coming to you straight from the lungs. Straight from the lungs. Straight from the lungs. When a baby is diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, it's inevitable that over the years, routines will develop, which the parents will eventually know inside out. It's not long though till they have to go after school, where for part of the day, the parents aren't the ones caring for them. That journey can be a difficult one for a CF parent, but they most likely will be in very safe hands. Let's start by talking about primary or elementary school. Here's Charles. 15 minutes before lunchtime, I'd always have to go to the medical room and take my, my crayon, so, because I'd obviously be eating at lunch. Then we used to have snack time at, at break, and everybody had to have a piece of fruit, but because of the weight thing, I got a chocolate bar, and there were little things like that. And so I think people all knew there was something, but I don't remember ever people sort of singling me out for it, or going, oh, that's not fair, or going, why does he have to do that? Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, they might have behind my back, but <laughs> I don't remember them saying it to my face, do you know what I mean? And and I think that that was one of the real key things for me was that I didn't feel different because nobody else sort of made me feel different. Do you know what I mean? I can't remember being called out for having to take tablets either. Ms Langley was a dinner lady who would have my crayon ready at lunch and break times. When I was really young, she'd sprinkle the little grains into things like yoghurt. Liam's daughter also has teachers on hand to help. They've been really good with it. As far as physio goes, she does a physio session at school every day now, which is the physio nurse from the hospital went out to show them how to do it. She does it really well for them, which has been a massive help for us because it means she's getting a good set every single day at school. If she plays up before bedtime for either of us, she's still had a really good session. And the crayon side of things, before we were sending out packed lunches um, with a note wrote in them of how many crayon to give her and they kept a pot at the school and they were fine with that. But then to try and get her eating a more varied diet, we put her onto hot school lunches. When you make your child's lunch yourself, you can figure out exactly the right amount of crayon. With hot school meals, it's difficult because you don't always know what they'll be having. So for Liam, the school sent out a menu so the right amount of crayon could be figured out. Every CF patient and parent will benefit from the school doing different things. Here's Shaborn. In the first couple of years, it was relatively easy because I did actually have someone that went around with me and I do think I had a sort of chart that was made for me so that each day we could go through it together and sort of tick it off to say that we'd done it and I did get quite a lot of support when I was younger because it was quite a struggle and then moving on to higher years I sort of started taking it on independently so like taking my crayon myself and just taking it on in my own stride really. Next up is secondary or middle school. Before we do that though, let's meet an old friend. Or should that be young friend? Hello, my name is William Marler. I'm 12 years old. Carrying on with the nostalgia trip, let's meet Helen. I used to be William's form tutor at school. 
it was really bizarre as well because we didn't really know a lot about you and if you remember we met in the hall at break time and that's when I noticed that you'd got your little tablet holder out and that was the first time that we knew that you had CF. The thing was with you, the thing that was key, we sort of like did business as usual because you guys were really good at communicating with us. So, you know, providing that everything was okay, we just carried on as usual. My parents made sure that the school knew very early on what my CF entailed. We'd got information from you guys about what medication you were taking and when you'd need it. So we made sure that we'd got authorization for you to take your medication around with you. I think a lot of it, like you say, is just communication, like your mum and your dad were really good at emailing us or ringing up or sending in notes about what was coming up or if you're having any particular difficulties. And then my job was sort of to pass on that information then to your teachers. So things like emailing all your teachers and saying, Will's got a bit of a chest infection at the moment, but unless he tells you that he's having a particular difficulty, just let him carry on as normal. He'll let you know if there is a problem. Definitely communication is key. I know that nowadays a lot of schools have like individual health plans for students where the parents parents will fill in a form or they might even sit down with one of the staff at school so it would have been what was our school first aider they complete like an action plan so if you were to start having say any breathing difficulties one day within the school the action plan would detail what the next steps are so is it that you've got an inhaler that you need to use at that moment in time is it that we have to ring home and then your parents will come and pick you up and take you straight to the doctors or to the hospital is it that you know if you get so bad that you can't complete a sentence is it that we ring 999 so now we actually have those action plans in place for every student that's got any kind of medical condition within the school and that's a newer development but it's well worth any student that's got CF with their parents contacting the school and devising that kind of plan as to what you'd do. Each school might have a different name for these health plans but most will have them available to students. In America they're called IEPs or 504 plans. From across the pond Here's Kara. I had a really good social worker that I was blessed with when I first got sick, and she wrote up what's called a 504 plan, uh, a written plan that your social worker or whoever will submit to the school, basically stating what's wrong with me and what's going on and any special care or kind of things that I would need like to allow me to leave class and go to the nurse if I have to. And it also allowed for me to have basically unlimited excused absences because in school, you know, you can only miss a certain amount of days or they'll start to take credit basically. I got to have one of those written up and it was submitted to my school. That made it clear to most of the teachers what was going on. But the other thing that I dealt with is some teachers basically felt, even though that I had this in place, that kind of like I was faking it, I guess. And so they would give me a hard time about it or not be lenient with me with assignments and that kind of stuff. Although my school knew about it, I wasn't really considered someone to have that much wrong with them. I think a lot of people are still quite ignorant towards it and, you know, there is a huge misunderstanding. And obviously it's an invisible illness. With CF you can look so normal on the outside, whereas the inside, you know, you just, you don't know. I think that's it, you know, because, like, you never complained, like, ever. 
we just assume, oh, you know, it's not that bad when we're not having to go through that day-to-day struggle, if you like. You know, we're not feeling it. Like, I've had a chest infection for two weeks and I'm sick of it. Never mind having to deal with that all the time, you know. As Helen said, communication is key. And the sooner teachers knew about the difficulties I faced that couldn't be seen on the outside, the more forgiving they were when there were any problems. But even then, I think it was more in later years of being at secondary that I was able to actually open up to teachers because I think in the first couple of years, you're still trying to just find your feet. So I think it was more in sort of year 9, 10 and 11 that I was able to find someone that I could go to. Most schools have student support departments with staff that can help with individual needs. But again, unfortunately, you can't assume they'll understand the needs of a cystic fibrosis student right away. The more they learn about it, though, the more supportive they can be for CF students in the future. I think you must have been like our first student that had gone through with CF. We've had parents um, that have had CF, but now it doesn't make us worry as much. We just sort of like take it as we find it, kind of. We've got one at present, though, so I believe. Again, call William, which is spooky. (laughs) As much as it helps to be open about your CF, Cara wasn't able to do that until later on, because even she didn't know she had it until then. It was crappy because as soon as I was diagnosed, it was January of my uh, freshman year. So not even halfway through the year or whatever. And I had to be out for three weeks right away. And leading up to this, I was already sick and I was already missing school because we didn't know what was wrong. You know, I was coughing in class or having to leave or go do an inhaler or something because at that point they just gave me medication for asthma and stuff like that. Most of my teachers were pretty helpful in sending, you know, my homework and stuff and me being able to do it while I was at home or whatever. I failed one class, but the good thing is it was a class that I was advanced in. I was with kids who were a year older than me. So when I failed, I just retook the class the next year with everybody who was my age. And then that was my last year of that class anyway. A very normal part of a CF lifestyle is going into hospital for a tune-up every now and then. This is only usually for two weeks, but that's still two weeks worth of missed lessons. This never caused much of a problem for me, because again, we made sure the school was well prepared. That wasn't too bad, actually, because you knew that appointment was coming up. You were good at letting us know well in advance that you were going to be going into hospital. Then we were able to get in touch with all your teachers, tell them what was going to be happening, arrange all the work, because that takes ages to sort out as a member of staff. It just gave us that time as well to find out through you, were you going to have internet access, were you not, were you going to have support of the hospital school, or not and it also means as well when you get back into school although you might have a few little queries and a few little gaps in your knowledge and and things like that at least you're not miles behind and you can then have those conversations with staff where there are maybe gaps or questions still to be answered. Just as schools are often understanding of a student's medical needs hospitals are understanding of school needs like exams as Beth tells us. 
I remember trying to schedule IV times, like adjusting them a little bit so that I could leave and go in school because I had a Saturday job as well. So I remember like trying to organise my IV so I could go into work for a few hours. They were okay with it. It was just sort of moving IVs an hour ahead and then moving the next one an hour later or something so that I could have a longer time away. I always remember every hospital room having a pile of books and sheets of work in the corner. One time, a teacher actually set me a task that sounded suspiciously like creating an entire lesson for them to use. Needless to say, I was too busy with treatments for that one. Children's wards will usually have their own classroom or staff to help with school needs, like Jude, who is a teacher on the D33 ward at Nottingham Children's Hospital. Every morning I'll come down about 20 past 8 and I'll have a handover from the ward themselves who'll tell me who's on the ward, maybe who's been admitted in the evening when I wasn't there. Generally it's quite stable because we often know who's coming in and who's staying for a couple of weeks. So I sort of know usually the night before really, but I'll find out what medical treatments perhaps people are having that day or who's doing what. And then I'll come round and I'll see everybody and make sure they're all okay and they're all up for school. In the hospital school we have a team of secondary staff and we have a team of primary staff. So I'm the sort of link teacher. I think of D33 as my sort of tutor group. So I'll go there, find out who's coming to school, then go back to school and I'll pass on all the primary names to our primary team and obviously the secondary names to our secondary team. Now I'm part of the secondary team, so I join the secondary team meeting. We then get together, we look at all the pupils we have and then we allocate a teacher based on what subjects they need to do, what they've done already that week, what their school have sent for them to do. And then from there onwards, we'll plot their day of what session they're going to do with what teacher over the day. We obviously spend quite a lot of time also negotiating with physios to ensure we fit around their physio, their exercise, so that school and medical treatments can kind of go hand in hand. And our idea is hopefully that the whole day is structured from when our CF patients do their first kind of physio first thing in the morning right the way through to when they'll do their physio at the end of the day, that they have something going on for most of the day. When it's decided that a CF patient needs to go into hospital, Jude will be told so that all the schoolwork can be prepared. I then have the contacts for the school and I'll contact the school and say we're expecting your pupil in. Please can you start to get together some work for their admission. If it's a secondary pupil then usually I'll go to the year head who will then email around their pupils teachers and ask for appropriate work. We usually say please just send us everything that you would do the class if they were in school so that we can do exactly the same while they're in hospital with the idea that we then provide a continuity of education so that when they go back to school it feels like they haven't actually missed anything at all that they recognise the PowerPoints, they recognise the worksheets because hopefully their teacher has sent that to us. Similarly with our primary colleagues, we'll go straight to the class teacher and ask the primary teacher to send through the work for the fortnight so that we can start to plan and get together resources if necessary so that the pupil again does exactly the same as their class would have been doing had they been in school. Every person with cystic fibrosis is different and that also applies to their school progress. Certainly secondary pupils, we would always have a discussion with them about what subjects they're doing well at school, which ones they're finding perhaps more difficult. Is there anything in particular that they would like to practice or go back through or anything they don't understand? And then we'll hopefully tailor those teaching sessions around the fact that the pupil has told us that. For example, the other day I had somebody who came in saying, we're doing Macbeth, but I just don't understand it. So instead of leaping straight into the work sent from school, we did a couple of preparatory kind of lessons based on Macbeth, just the 
understanding the context, the story, the main characters before leaping into the more detailed analysis of each scene. And I think that really helps when you're teaching one-to-one and that the pupil can certainly then make a choice and explain where their difficulties lie or perhaps where they don't understand things. And hopefully we can fill that gap and then send them back to school actually in a better place than when they came from school for that reason that they've had some one-to-one time that they can actually work on what they're finding difficult rather than the whole class. Although keeping up with schoolwork whilst in hospital is very important, on some days it's just not possible. If the patient is unwell, obviously we won't expect them to do school. I usually go and put my head in the door if it's appropriate, just say hello, say I'm sorry to hear that they're not feeling great or for whatever reason and say that we'll touch base with them a bit later on that day and see how things are. Or it may be the medics themselves that say to us, actually, you can't have whoever today because we need to do whatever we need to do. And so therefore we just arrange that whether it be the next day or the afternoon that we'll touch base again and find out if there's another opportunity. We can kind of think of the day splitting morning and afternoon sessions as you would do at school and we'd aim to do at least an hour session in the morning and an hour session in the afternoon if they weren't able to be up for the morning session it may well be that they're feeling better by the afternoon or it might be that the whole day that they don't do school and we just touch base again with them first thing in the morning and see how they are the next day. With new technologies it's becoming easier and easier for anyone with a disability to keep up with any school they've missed. Many CF wards will have Wi-Fi and even laptops and tablets to borrow if needed. D33 is actually recognised as a host centre for exams, so patients can sit their GCSE and A-level papers directly on the ward too. Hospital stays are becoming less and less of a barrier for patients to do well in school. I think one thing that was super super important to us as a school and you'll probably remember this vividly at GCSE we used to teach about cystic fibrosis and I can remember that we were all preparing for that and we were figuring out you know what we were going to teach you know we've got to teach students so that they've got the information they need for the exam board at the same time without petrifying you without random students walking up to you and going, oh my God, is that what you've got? But I have a feeling that some of the students beat us to it. And I know that they said things to you before you had to study it yourself. I was walking home one day minding my own business and suddenly four of my friends rush up to me and go, oh my God, Will, we just learned about CF and it said the life expectancy was in the teens. Are you going to die? And I just went, um, I don't plan to anytime soon. It turns out that they were taught information that was about 40 years out of date. I was able to calm my friends down by telling them the truth and also made sure it didn't happen again. It was really interesting actually because it made us think about how we needed to teach it as a department in the future. This is what the exam boards say and this is what you'll need to put down. But in reality... It's so different. When it came to me being in a class about CF, the school were really good about it. I was given the option to skip the lesson, and when I was answering some people's questions, my teacher made sure I knew that I didn't have to if I didn't want to. 
we did it in year nine and my teacher said oh do you want to get up and talk about it and I said yeah I'd be happy to do that so I did it then and then we did it again I think sort of year 11 and my teacher this was a different teacher the second time was so nervous when he was talking about it he was like oh my god there's somebody in the front row with this disease and he like halfway through he'd be like how am I doing and I'm like yeah you're doing good <laughs> it was so funny he was like proper sweating <laughs> My favourite type of birthday party would be that all my school friends would be there and we'd go to like a soft play area. At the end there'd be balloon animals, I'd get a Winnie the Pooh birthday cake. I'll never forget my 22nd birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A huge part of school, and life as a little kid, is making friends. Is it necessary to tell new people that you have CF? If so, how on earth do you tell them? <coughs> That's one way. A couple of years ago, Charles made a brilliant video answering that very question. One of the things that's very common when you tell someone you have CF is the head tilt. Oh my god, that... Oh, what? Really? That's amazing. You're so inspirational. I can't believe that you go through so much. I don't get it as much now because I'm so open about it. If I tend to meet somebody new, it'll be friends of friends and they'll tend to know about the awareness and stuff that I do and why I do it. When I meet new people, you, I still get it. And they're like, so what do you do? <laughs> I'm like, right, yeah, I'm waiting for a double lung transplant. And of course, because I don't look like I'm waiting for a double lung transplant, they're really not expecting me to say it, do you know what I mean? And then it's all, and they're like, oh my God, what's that like? I'm like, it's all right. And then I just sort of brush it off. But I've always sort of believed in letting them get to know you first before they know that you've you've got this illness because it doesn't change who you are, do you know what I mean? You're still the same person. Yeah, I've watched that video so many times, it's so true. Everything he said in that video where people are like, oh my God, they automatically think that you're some incredible human being because you have cystic fibrosis and expect you to be a really nice person as well when really you're just normal, but you have CF. Rue has gone through a whole lot more than I have health-wise, but still, like me, she just feels normal. You don't actively think, oh, I've got to do my physio, poor me, how much I'll do if you think, all right, well, that would take like 20 minutes and that'll be 10 minutes to get my face ready and eat some breakfast. Like, it all incorporates. You're absolutely right. I still get messages now from people that I went to school with going, I literally had no idea you were dealing with all of this whilst at school and things like that. Which I think is kind of the, the point is that I, because I didn't act different or didn't expect to be treated any differently because of it, people didn't think I was any different, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I was well enough to go out and play sports and participate in PE and whatever, and people probably just didn't even think twice about it. Most of our earliest friends are made at school. Morgan, though, was homeschooled. That didn't stop him making friends, though. Just kids in the neighborhood where I lived, like, that's where I started meeting, you know, you see a kid out riding his bike, and you're like, hey, I have a bike too, you know. We'll ride bikes together, and then you just kind of become friends. So it was always pretty easy for me to make friends, because even though... As a kid, I was super, super shy. And I've always had really bad anxiety, which I didn't even know that that's what I had for the longest time. 
which thinking back to like my childhood and how I was then, I was like, that makes so much sense. But I was still the type that was this like, I would throw myself into a situation to kind of override the feeling. I'm just like, you can either just sit here and be that weird kid that no one wants to hang out with, or you can just kind of jump into it. So I was still, I was pretty awkward as a kid because I was like dealing with this weird social anxiety while also trying to like make friends. So I can only imagine what the kids thought of me back then. And while most kids were totally cool with Morgan and his CF, not everyone was. Then I learned the hard way of you have assholes. They'll tease you, make fun of you, you know, because as a kid, you know, I was super small. I was just like this, this stick figure because I couldn't gain weight. So they go in on you about that. And then they learn that you have CF and they spread rumors that you have AIDS and all sorts of stuff. Just being really, really shitty little kids. When I was a freshman, a group of girls tried to say the same thing. This is right before I was diagnosed, actually, because at this point they see somebody who's sick and they ask me what's wrong with me. And I was like, I really don't know. I told them that we're doing tests and I actually was tested for AIDS, but don't have it. Clearly, they found out that I have CF. So that's one that circulated about me as well. But I was diagnosed shortly after. So I was able to put that to rest and be like, no, this is what I have. So... As much as having an invisible illness can be tough, the fact it's invisible made it difficult for anyone to have any ammunition to tease me about it. That and if you tease someone for having a chronic illness, really, you're just a dick anyway. <laughs> like I said though, because CF is so misunderstood, that can make things tricky. But I found that a lot of the kids in high school, they just don't understand what it's like to live with sickness. And instead of trying to understand, they would just rather exclude you. It was kind of like I wasn't there most of the time. So even when I was there, it was like I wasn't there. I basically just kind of stuck to myself and a couple of close friends and kind of left everybody else alone. Meeting other people with CF is such a great thing because it's not only that you get to make friends with them and that you get to know their stories, but you almost feel like you do know them because they understand you and you understand them. What you find is with a lot of people without CF is they say that they understand or that they, they're really sorry for what you have to go through, but actually they don't have a clue. I do sometimes say, look, it, it is one of those things that unless you've been through it, you're never going to know, you're never going to understand. It can be difficult for anyone when they feel different to everyone else. So as Siobhan said, it can be great to meet other people with CF. However, I do find it tough sometimes knowing that I'm never going to be able to meet up with these really great people I found because of the cross-infection risks. Also, for some people, me included, having CF isn't enough to hit off with someone. I've found that although this disease really, you know, it can bring us together to support each other, I found with most people that I talk to, having cystic fibrosis is not enough reason for me to be friends with someone. You can have CF and you can be a scumbag. A lot of people say, oh, I'll try and get to talk to people online and stuff. But I mean, all you're going to talk about is CF and that's fine for a while. But then you also want like another common ground to be able to talk to them about and just be friends with them in general. There are loads of CF forums and groups online where you can meet people affected by it. The largest group on Facebook has nearly 30,000 members, so you're bound to find like-minded people on there. Because there's so many people on there though, not everything on there will be to your taste. 
like I remember my birthday everyone was doing it so I thought I'd just join the bandwagon I remember my 20th birthday I posted oh 20 today and I was wearing oxygen on my like birthday celebration and everyone it got like 800 likes and everyone was like I'll pray for you keep fighting and I'm like this is my birthday like why are you lowering the tone and saying that you're fearing for my life like that was the first and last time I ever do that I think in that group (laughs) so it's not for everyone but it can be so helpful also having friends who have CF it really is quite overwhelming to think that you've got people from that far away watching you. But honestly, they have been some of the most supportive and lovely people that I've ever spoken to. I stayed away from making CF friends for the majority of my life. Morgan and Cara were the first, but I didn't find them until I was 19. Over the past few years though, I've met so many different people with cystic fibrosis. They join all the other supportive people that I have in my life that don't have CF. The one thing tying them all together, they're my friends. Straight from the Lungs is produced by me, William Marler, and recorded at Birmingham City University. Thank you to Charles, Liam, Shaborn, Helen, Cara, Beth, Jude, Rue and Morgan. As always, thanks to Sam Lewis for his keen ear and ever helpful advice. The beautiful music you heard was by Ben Weatherill. Make sure to head over to our website, lungspodcast.co.uk, where you can find extra breaths from me and my guests, which is all the bits that didn't make it into the main episode, and illustrations by Vicky Neville. In the next episode, we'll be leaving school and going to university. Until then, thank you for listening.